Loitering in Wonderland Studios presents Nyquil and Cocaine, a face-off novelization. Chapter 11, Lush Finger Jungles. We are violently thrown into the next scene, similar to the way two men are violently thrown through a doorway. I will assume this is back at the FBI office and not deep in the recesses of the Malcolm Walsh ice cream parlor. The cop that is presumably still holding Tongue Sucker Jones in a Weekend at Bernie's scenario is escorting two men with leather jackets into an office. We still don't know if this cop is real yet, or merely a side effect of Archer's continuously deteriorating mental state. The leather jacket wearer on the right has a semi-afro and also has leather pants. That's a lot of black leather for a Los Angeles summer. He must be the FBI's slickest pimp. I will assume his street name is Sweatballs. The leather jacket guy on the left is holding his ear in pain. Did Archer get back from talking to Hannibal Merlin Walsh and decide that he will intimidate everyone by removing their ears, knowing that Walsh can always just print them another one? If so, he truly has no regard to the expenses involved in such a highly specialized surgery. Archer then throws the guy on the desk in an effort to mount him. But since the bent-over leather-jacketed man isn't Archer's former lover, Caster, he just walks away from the opportunity. He then tells the pimp to leave. Action superstar Margaret Cho watches in horror at the physical abuse of the pimp. Archer yells at one of them, Wipe your ass! Maybe he does have plans for them after all. But that will have to wait until later because he leaves the room labeled Room T.771 and Observation. Are these rooms like the zoo where they go to observe pimps in an unnatural habitat? Archer says one of the guys shit his pants and asks where Dietrich is. Personally, I would probably also shit my pants if I had my ear removed by the FBI and then was forced to bend over a desk by the most mentally unstable gunstrap protagonist I've ever seen. Instead of finding out where Dietrich is, we instead witness Archer pull up a chair and talk to someone named Sasha. She appears to be a prostitute that states she knows her rights when questioned about the last time she talked to Castor Troy. Archer is an awesome person, so of course he threatens to have her son taken away from her with one phone call. Considering the only phone call we witnessed with the FBI was eternally left as a red blinking light, I'm not too certain it would only take one phone call. Sasha starts to threaten Archer but stops for dramatic purposes and so we can see the magnificent forests of hair growing on Travolta's fingers. Deep within these lush finger jungles are an entire species of people that have no concept of the outside world with the exception of being occasionally sprayed with pimp ear blood upon their surprise removal. I picture them as a Dr. Seuss race, driving wonky cars and living in wacky houses. That is until the race of hair people from the back of his hand invade to saw down their tree homes to make books with. You see, the hand people are a much more evolved race than the simple finger folks, and this war has been raging for decades. Soon there will be no more finger people and history will forget them. Oh, Sasha tells Archer she hasn't seen Castor for years. Travolta then holds up his hands so he can see the map of the hand war like the opening of Game of Thrones. Travolta then gets up to leave after way too much awkward silence. Bald head! This is the aftermath of another war of the hair people. You're essentially looking at the scorched earth when hair people get too greedy. Are those crop circles on his head from before the war, when there were crops on his head to be toyed with? The camera pans around the bald head to reveal another bald head. This is probably the reflection of the original bald head. The man lights a cigarette while wearing the pimpiest shirt and jacket I've ever seen. Is everyone that knows Castor Troy a pimp or prostitute? Archer storms into the room and immediately bends over onto the bald man's chair and talks directly into his ear. I will assume he's trying to moisten the ear with his spit, so it will be easier for him to remove later, similar to wetting a stubborn sticker. Is Walsh giving Archer a cut of the ear surgery profits? What's really going on here? Archer seems to think this man has something to do with the bomb. The bald man then turns to face Archer, and now I'm preparing for an extremely passionate kiss. On the far side of the bald head, we see a couple round earrings. 
Archer looks so excited at the possibility of removing this ear and adding it to his ear necklace he's probably wearing below his collar. Archer threatens the man with the possibility of talking nicely to his sister, which makes the bald man ask Archer how his dead son is. Typically, there isn't much updating on the day-to-day -day quality of life of a dead person. Oh, he's trying to insult him, and it worked, because in slow motion, Archer pulls the man to the ground and puts a gun to his eye while appearing to masturbate furiously. The bald man then says he doesn't know anything, and we hear the gun click. Archer is the most unstable lead character I've seen in a while. He almost executed someone in custody, but you can't fault him because it worked. The bald man says he heard something about the 18th. 18th floor, 18th day, the pimp's 18th favorite prostitute, we may never know. We then cut to Archer walking out of the room where he almost killed a person for a bad joke. He looks over to see the bald man walking with his arm around Sasha who's holding a child. How did he get there so quickly? Are there twin bald pimps walking around this place? Is he Dietrich? Either way, it's nice to see a pimp and his prostitute getting along so well. Wait, earlier Archer mentioned Sasha was his sister. Is he pimping out his own sister? When you hear about family businesses, it's rarely the sex for sale game. Please don't tell me this kid is a part of that exchange too. Oh shit, I'm here already. I'll be right back. How's it going? Yeah, this is very important. I'm glad you're here this late. It's important? You have no idea. How can I help? I'm deep in the shit, man. I've uncovered something huge and I need to talk it through with someone. What? I've discovered a conspiracy. Everyone is in danger and something needs to be done about it. But first... Can I get a double scoop of strawberry and a waffle cone? Absolutely. 527. Chip reader? Yeah, slide it in. I'll ask some questions. Need a receipt? Absolutely. You can never be too sure. It's a crazy conspiracy perpetrated by the FBI. What? I can't hear you over the machine. I said it's a crazy conspiracy that the FBI is behind. The world is dark and something has to be done about it. Here you go. Have a nice night. How deep does this go, you ask? I didn't ask anything. I said have a nice night. All the way to the top, I fear. What's happening? What if I told you there are scientists out there in bed with the FBI? What for? They can print human body parts. What the hell are you talking about? You're right to be worried. The conspiracy is simple. They can replicate the parts and all they need is for FBI agents to remove the parts from people. Witnesses, pimps, general lowlives, you know, people like that. People that have sketchy lives so nobody will question why they're missing body parts. Are you alright, sir? None of us are alright. The FBI removes the body parts and then the scientists replace and surgically attach the new parts. They charge the patients to fix what the FBI did, and then they split the profits. It's the perfect scam. It is? Sounds perfect to me. Too perfect. Do you need me to call someone? Uh, the cops, perhaps? We don't know who's in on this. Let's just keep it between us for now. I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what's happening right now. Good idea. The less we pretend to know, the better. Please don't wink at me. Your ice cream's melting all over you. This isn't about ice cream. It was never about ice cream, was it? No, it's about ice cream. That's what we sell here. It's 100% about ice cream. Of course I haven't been taking my meds. I didn't ask, but that's fairly obvious, sir. I'm going to go clean the machine, so have a great night, all right? I don't need this ice cream anymore. You didn't have to dump it on the counter. The trash can is right here. Keep your eyes peeled.
in your ears, on your head. What? Exactly. What? What is happening? <clears throat> All right, let's continue. Archer's partner tells him they have a date on the 18th. How romantic. Oh, he means the date of the bomb because he then asks where the bomb is. Archer says that only Pollux Troy knows that. We then cut somewhere in the world to human being CCH Pounder who tells Archer that it's his call. She also mentions it's a black bag operation he can't tell Lazaro or his wife. Is Lazaro his mistress? Mistress? Let's put a pin in that for now. They are once again begging the main character to participate in the plot, which frustrates him even further. Because he is an actor, he runs his hands over his face like he did to the child in the introductory scene of the movie. Archer then goes on a long list of things human being CCH Pounder is asking him to do, but all I can think about is how I wish I could have seen the atomic bomb that went off on his chin. Yet another race of people that died on his goatee, back when he wore one. Archer's imaginary partner must have been hearing the film score that is telling us to be excited about the possibility of Archer actually committing to the plot of the movie. He then sees a squirrel run by because he loses interest in a split second and looks to his left. Archer finally accepts his position in the film and tells them he will do it. It's always nice when your main character has to be annoyed in adjoining the plot of the film. He's so annoyed that he ends the scene with a slow motion blink. During the time his eyes were closed, he must have been picturing the tiny race war being waged on his hands, the sadness of the loss of his chin people, and his reluctance to participate in any of these face-offing shenanigans. Plus, he was probably thinking about Caster's nipple in the previous chapter. Now he can wear his face, which is the only way to get to Caster at the moment. Whatever it takes, Archer. Whatever it takes to get you there. If you somehow found a way to enjoy this shit show, go ahead and go to liwstudios.com. Check out our other podcasts and videos. Check out these other links as well. It makes you a cool customer. It makes you a cool ice cream customer. Oh, God, I'm out of ideas. If you have ideas, loiteringwonderland at gmail.com. Get a hold of us. Until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I'll be back for Chapter 12.